Wow, we've never done it in sync before. Oh, that was so funny. I don't know if it was. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> You're listening to Ergo on WHPK, ErgoRadio.com. I'm Kiss. I'm Damon. And what we do here is showcase strong young voices from Chicago and beyond. Each week, another live, long-form conversation with an artist, organizer, poet, rapper, thinker, musician, person reshaping the culture of our city. A big homie, you never know. For the more equitable and the more creative. How are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. I'm hungry. At the beginning of the hour? You can't I be hungry at the beginning. But besides that, I'm cool. I'm chilling, man. Life is beautiful. It's nice outside. Oh, you know. it's beautiful. It's, it's that time of year. It's, it's, uh, it's romper season. You know? <laughs> the fact, I, feel like, I feel like we'll get into that. The fact that we're now in the fourth day of romper conversation all over my timeline is really... I thought this was going to be like a three to four hour it's been, thing. It's been pretty good. I'm not mad at it. It's, it's been just, pretty good. It's, it has longer legs than I thought it would, which is also something you find out with Woo! Folks, starting off fire. Before we get into even more romper-related humor, <laughs> let's do some community announcements. Uh, keep romping around. <laughs> first and foremost, today in Humboldt Park this evening at about 4.30 uh, is the big welcome home uh, for... You stole my announcement, man. This is what I was covered with. Oh, it's a big welcome home for... Oscar Lopez Rivera. You want to tell them a little bit about what's going on? Do you know? Actually, I don't. I'm going to give it back to you. (laughs) (laughs) What's happening is there's a... uh, I'm going, though. There's a meetup at 420 at uh, Division and Mozart, which is right under the big uh, Puerto Rican flag on Division there. And then a parade over to the boathouse where there's a couple people talking. It's going to be a great little celebration. So come through and welcome Oscar home. I'm excited because now I can like flex... You want to flex right now? Yeah, yeah. So I was able to like meet him and sit down with him in his daughter's house in Puerto Rico a few months ago, but he was still on house arrest and we couldn't publicize it yet because the feds was watching. (laughs) But that's the homie. This is squad. Like it's happening and I feel... I feel connected. That is a that's a great. It's a huge flex. Very specific one to of, you flex. Yeah, one of the first people to be able to, to chop it up with the man. So. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so go through. I'm feeling myself. Be like Damon. Come meet Oscar Lopez Rivera. Welcome <laughs> him home. Oh, in addition, on Saturday we Let's have get t-shirts. Be like Damon. <laughs> be, be like Damon. Um, speaking of t-shirts, you can copy your Ergo tees at ErgoRadio.com. Oh, they are. Uh, we're almost out of this first design. We have a couple new ones in the works, but make sure you cop that original Ergo T um, and use offer code WEGO, all capital, all one word, for three bucks off. A couple other things on Saturday is the second Bronzeville edition of Hoodwazee. It's Bro. at uh, 44th and King Drive. Um, I'm back on panel for the second time consecutively. Ricky let me back on the mic again after the first time. Um, and a whole bunch of great guests. It's going to be a blast. It's free. Like I said, at Blonde Gallery, which is in the old Chicago Defender building right there on 44th and King Drive. Come through Saturday at 8. Um, and lastly, the two of us are going to be leading a workshop at the Allied Media Conference in Detroit in June. Uh, that's June 16th to 18th. Um, so definitely check out their website for more info. It's an incredible conference for media-based organizers from around the world. A whole bunch of Chicago people will be there, and it's one of the projects that Grace Lee Boggs helped create. So definitely, if you're interested in being there, I know registration is still open. It should be a great conference. And uh, come say hi. And, uh, you know, happy birthday to somebody. <laughs> I don't know it's specific, but it's got to be somebody. The odds are somewhere. pretty good <laughs> that today is someone's birthday somewhere. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> I'm so excited to have our wonderful special guest here today. 
She's an organizer, an activist, a beekeeper, a force for joy and goodness in this world. Folks, make some noise for the side away. Hello, hello. The glass breaks differently each time. Yeah, you know. As glass does. And I'm I'm just not good at that sound effect, <laughs> so it's not consistent. So we always like to start with how is the world treating you and how are you treating the world right now in so this the, season? Mm, so the world is trying to kill me every day. Oh, no. um, but the way I treat the world is completely um, full of love and light and healing. Mm. Let's, well, let's get right let's into get, it. Yeah. Let's get right into it because <laughs> you came out hot. I've, I've heard you say that maybe once or twice that the, that the world is trying to kill you every day. Mm-hmm. I think on Hood YZ, I believe mm-hmm. you, you use some of the language. Unpack that for us. What, 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 does, that, what does that really mean? Um, the way I move in the world, especially as a black trans woman, black, indigenous, Afro, Latinx, trans woman, I hold all these many different intersections. And to understand um, that the way a, a trans person's body, period, is set up, if you liberate a trans person, a person's body um, in any system, everyone else is liberated, right? Mm-hmm. So it breaks down every other system mm-hmm. um, as a trans person. Um, and, and it shows that the system is incorrect. It shows that it's not normal. It's not heterosexual mm-hmm. or heteronormative. Mm-hmm. Um, or it's Eve is not even gay folks. It's just the pinpoint blank of how we look at the system and the way the system is set up. It's all wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you free the most marginalized and the most marginalized as of right now are trans women of color mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah. So be in kind of side by side with the, the framework that you just give is the, there, there's the framework state of that statement. And then there's the like emotional acknowledgement of that statement. Mm-hmm. Um, so just first off, like, when you're coming up on radio or on Hoodwazi or other places where you're doing interviews or stuff like that or giving talks, I know you do workshops and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, does that statement still feel like powerful to say to the world? Do you feel tired of saying that statement? Like, because you get to watch different rooms react to that statement differently, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just has the meaning of that statement changed for you as you've gotten deeper and deeper into this work? No. no? It hasn't moved. It hasn't um, buckled. Um, it still means the same. Um, we are working what we call, quote, unquote, working towards what liberation is supposed to look like. Um, but, you know, we got 45 in office. Everything is like a backlash again. Now we have to go through all these other things. Um, I was already getting shot at, at the left side. Now I'm getting shot at, at the right side and I'm g- catching bombs in the front and the back. So it's just like, okay, where do I take a break? How did I take a break? I'm constantly saying the same thing over and over again. So it gets to a point that I'm tired of saying the same thing over again. So let me do it on my own. Um, and if you are really about the work, then you'll follow me. Because yeah. I've already showed you what the work looks like. Yeah. So we'll, we'll do a whole bunch of the backstory and yeah. kind of get to this place. But when you say that, that feeling of like, okay, it's time to, I'm just going to do this on my own. And if you're about it, you'll get behind me. Like, is, is that in direct response to time and time again, people saying that they would push you out of the way and lead the way? Constantly. Right. So, so 
what did it take or was there a moment kind of a crystal? We, we like to go to the moment here. Is there a crystallizing moment where you were like, okay, that's it. Like I'm, I'm going to make sure that I'm the one leading the way in, in this moment. And we are just taking that on. You know, we deal with anti-blackness capitalism. We deal with all these imperialistic uh, ideals um, from everyone, even within the older trans community. No one is subjugated of always being right um, or being um, Moses to any community, right? Right. Um, So it happened in my own community. Okay, you said you're about the work, but actually I'm just seeing um, you say you're about the work. But where's the proof that you're about to work, right? Mm -hmm. So let me do it on my own and use what I have. Because I already know me doing this work and already as a poor, educated trans woman, um, I already put myself in another position of I'm going to be poor for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm like, okay with that Mm because I already see that. trying to get a new roadmap that has never been created before as in the first center brave series uh, alliance in the south side of chicago ran by and for not ran by but ran by trans people of color or trans people uh, for the community not just for the lgbt community but for the community and what Mm -hmm. does the community look like it looks like everyone that's what liberation looks like for everybody right black white puerto rican yellow green purple one eye blue eyes it doesn't matter to me Mm -hmm. um so if we cut out the secular of who needs this the most, right. trans people needs this the most. Right. And they need to show up um, as well as be in their power and leadership. And that's what I'm trying to show. show. Word. Like, like, like <laughs> you just, like, yeah, you just said it. And, you know, I think this is a conversation that's becoming more in the forefront now. So I want to know, um, as, as the conversation unfolds, um, what are the, the contradictions of that, right? Like what about this moment right now um, feels affirming, but then what also is annoying or complicated about kind of the, it is becoming almost a hot button issue or, or very topical right mm-hmm. now to, to have a more developed understanding of gender. Um, but I want to go back as somebody who deeply agrees with like your intersectional analysis. I want to unpack the language of most marginalized mm-hmm. um, because that is something I, I uphold and have upheld and in trying to put in action, um, there feels like there is a, a complication or a nuance that I need in articulating that more effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I just want, want you to like dig into, into that. Cause I, I think some people get uncomfortable with like quantifying marginalization. Mm-hmm. And so I think we need, if we could use this time right now to make that clear, of of why we need to be so intersexual and why we need to put gender and trans issues at the forefront while we're talking about black liberation. Okay. Oh, that's a lot to unpack. I know. Well, we got, oh, we got, we got, we got like <laughs> That is a lot to unpack. And, and, so, and has that language ever been complicated in your that's in your like, that language is practice? complicated for everyone. Right. So you you already have to revisit traumatizing spaces Mm -hmm. and also revisit traumatizing memories 
and unpack history and unpack blackness and unpack anti-blackness and capitalism and all these things that intersect with a trans person's body, right? Mm -hmm. Trans people been here since the beginning of the times, Mm -hmm. been here since the beginning of history, um, colonialism, before whiteness, before blackness, before all these things that we had words for, right? Mm -hmm. We were guardians, we were warriors, we were healers, we were protectors, we were child care providers. We were all these things until what whiteness came about and says this is not normal this is not what normalcy looks like they need to be killed they need to put in back why because you don't agree um so in breaking that question down give me a more of a context sure sure i mean i think let's rather than going big let's stay with the with the the small in it right like where you said it's challenging for everyone to be working from that framework where has it been challenging for you or like where where has your understanding of what that looks like in 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 the work how has that been shaped and 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 as you just to be like transparent i'm struggling to give context because i don't want to uplift problematic viewpoints right mm-hmm. and i and we were very intentional about like not playing devil's advocate here mm-hmm. in this space okay so devil I'm, doesn't need the you know so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna listen to to your experience and try to like be a little bit more concrete with okay. the question okay um so my experience and i have to be honest like i don't receive as much violence from a male perspective than i do from a female perspective mm-hmm. um i re- i receive more violence from cis black women than I do from cis black men. Um, not only do because I know my privilege in many different spaces, my educational privilege in certain spaces, my passing privilege in certain spaces, uh, and all these actually advocate into what I can do and what I can't do, right? Mm-hmm. In particular spaces. Um, and knowing that I'm a big body trans woman too, and I know as I've, I have two friends, both of them named Tasha and Tasha. Light skin. <laughs> Shout out to the Tashas. <laughs> Light skin Tasha, dark skin Tasha. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so dark skin Tasha, I, I, and it keeps me when I'm talking about them too. Them two actually push me. Um, into the womanhood that I have today, right? Mm-hmm. Um, without them, I grew up in high school with them beside me, one hundred and ten percent. Double, double, double right. shout out into Tasha. Into <laughs> That's a third Tasha into the. Equation. So Darskin Tasha is six foot three. <laughs> Sorry, this is so funny. I know it's in there, right? I, but I have to des- describe yeah, yeah. them. She's six foot three. Mm-hmm. She got four kids, and men will come up to her in a heartbeat. I've never seen a woman that's tall before. Then therefore, you never seen women. A variety of women. <laughs> I, I, last time I looked. I I know women that are six foot and higher and taller. So, and I noticed the violence that they ha- they pers- they get because they're tall, right? Mm. Um, and then I'm going to talk about light skin Tasha. Light skin Tasha is about five two, light skin, and also she's heavy set, right? So she gets a lot of violence because she's heavy set and she's thicker. So if you combine the two and into an abnormal what the society calls abnormal body, as me, as a six foot thick body trans woman and people are looking at me like women is not supposed to be this tall women is not supposed to be this big this is completely what we say this is not what it's supposed to look like right so um and then stepping in certain spaces where i receive the most violence from women is because i'm living in my truth and unapologetically and 
I'm happy for what I look like. I got these good genes from my mother and my father. And, out to my, <laughs> my and, and I'm happy with it. Like, um, I'm proud of where I've been and how I've been. And when I certain step in these certain spaces, the violence that I received from these particular women because of the attention that I've gotten, mm-hmm. they didn't receive. Mm-hmm. So because I am okay in my shell and you're not okay in your shell, that's where we have the issue. Yeah. Um, There's someone who, I think it was maybe a therapist at some point was just like, I was like talking about someone. I was like, I think I'm projecting right now. She was like, Daniel, everyone is always just projecting. That's literally (laughs) every conversation, every conflict is someone projecting. Right. Um, So it was just like, okay. And you know, I have to go back to my friends and especially my mother and person I speak to the most is her. Um, It's like, why? Why can't I live? Why can't I just be who I am and be okay and happy? Um, And my mother always told me most people haven't been taught, especially in the society that we live in, how to either love themselves and love others, right? Mm -hmm. We don't know how to do that because we're already in a fight for our lives. So how can I love you or love myself when I have to survive and pay my bills, Mm -hmm. make sure I can make it home to my kids and all this and other. And we have these systems that are in place with that. So it's just like, I'm a selfie selfie queen. (laughs) Snapchat and Facebook is me all day. Making sure my angles are good. Are we on the gram? I'm I'm on the gram, but not as much. Not as much. Um, (laughs) But Snapchat is my stuff, right? I like it called the book. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I get all these likes and whatever, however that looks, and all these inboxes. And, and you know, most of these I have to turn down because I have a partner to set another blah, blah, blah. Shout out to the partner. Right? <laughs> Xavier. Um, but um, the most inboxes I've ever got are from women mm-hmm. um, of how do you love yourself mm-hmm. or why do you love yourself like this? What what makes you push yourself forward? Is and that it, like real curiosity or with like animosity? And, 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 and it's venom. kind of both. Like, how dare you love yourself like this? Mm-hmm. How dare you push yourself in these positions? Or how dare you like think that you're better than me? And I don't think I'm better than you. I, I and if anyone heard me speak, I always speak from black women are the mm-hmm. beyond <laughs> whatever we want to call them goddesses, the the ones that created this shit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we need to give them that respect. And I've always given them that respect, um, even in anything that I've said or done um, and the spaces that I move. But society don't. Right. And it's it's this, like, scarcity model. Like, we always talk about up here of, like, you, as if, as if you loving who you are takes away from them being able to love who, like, as if there's a finite amount of, like self-love in the world mm-hmm. and you taking it is taking it from them when really it sounds like, and I think this is true just like, and you, I, I like how you made it broad there. I think it's just true for a lot of people like that. That is the whole process of like what we're doing here is like figuring out how do we, how do we like be grounded in our body and love who we are because you can't then bring that to someone else in the world until you like can model it in yourself. You know, right. And you, and it's, it's kind of like, um, what's the word? It goes back and forth because you can't truly love yourself if you don't have a full love for other bodies and and other life that is right. in your environment. And um, the way I learned that is because my mama, she she's always been that person like, 
why I need not to love you? You're my child. You came from me. You can run out there in a tutu and butt naked down the street and back. And I'm just me. I need to make sure that you got water. You got clothes. You got somewhere to sleep. You got a tutu. So. <laughs> you, got, you got the tutu. Make sure that everything is lifted to the right areas that it needs to be lifted yeah. to. That's the household that I came from. So super shout out. Let's go there then. Mm-hmm. And then I think I'm I'm finding the space we can bounce back to a more concrete example. Mm-hmm. Um of, of what, what I was trying to ask. But from my understanding, that is not the common experience for trans It women. wasn't the common experience mm-hmm. for me. Okay. I had to work for that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so let's, so talk, let's talk about that. So okay. was that, that was a struggle within the household. How, how did mom get to that point? So, and, and what was some of that breakthrough like? My mother is an indigenous um, Native American um, woman, Blackfoot. So she comes from a background that she's very suffocated. She sits back because she's quiet. She cleans the house. She does all these things. Um, but she's intelligent. Um, she's, she graduated her nursing degree and all this, that, and the other. Um, and my father, too, you know, they're working class people. My father's a truck driver. I came out as trans when I was 15 turning 16. Um, and I told my mother that I don't feel as though that I'm in the right position body wise. And um, she was like, I don't know what that looks like. And so you're gay. I'm like, hmm, I don't, I didn't have the language for it. So I'm like, maybe, I don't know, but I'm just not that, you know, yeah. flamboyant or, you know, gay people don't have to be flamboyant, but I'm just not, I don't feel connected mm-hmm. to them in that way. Um, and I started growing my hair, um, started changing my look. And then my father was like, it was so many fights, so many arguments, so many um, fist fights. Mm. We had a couple of times that we shot at each other. Mm. These these are the things that I went through in my household. Mm. Um, and I can talk about it today because within this past, my past 30 years, my father in this past December said, if you ain't taught me one thing in all these years, you taught me how to be patient. Wow. You taught me patience. That's so beautiful. That is beautiful. It made me cry. It It made me cry. It made me cry and I was crying all day. I'm like, oh, Oh. All these these fighting, this cussing, and that's how we 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 were fighting cuss within five minutes later from almost boxing. Mm-hmm. I love you too, mm-hmm. it, yeah. you know, kissy kissy, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's how I grew up, and I and I because I needed an anchor. I didn't have community yeah. to have an anchor. So where 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 were you? Just to kind of ground it in. What part is you from the city? No. I'm from originally from Chicago. Okay. Um, we moved. Uh, I'm originally from Chicago Heights. We moved uh, to Tennessee when I was 16, mm-hmm. so I get a better education. Graduated college down in Tennessee, and then I recently moved back. Um, but um, we stayed in the same house um, when I came out completely as trans when I was 18. For two years, my father, we would like go see each other. Where, and where was where was this house? Uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. Okay. All right. Um. We walked past each other like ghosts. We didn't say nothing to each other. Mm-hmm. You could hear a pin drop um, for two years straight until my uncle Donnie here in Chicago, God bless this man, had called my father and said, regardless of what happened, that then he didn't use the right pronouns. Mm-hmm. That boy is your child. Um, you gave birth to this. And if anything happened to your child outside, you're going to be mad at yourself because you wasn't there to protect your child, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That clicked in my father's head. Mm -hmm. Um, He slowly started talking to me. We started started slowly getting, you know, language or 
um, understanding what that looks like for me. Then he started seeing people act to me differently in public. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not a boy. That's a woman, right? Um, why are you calling in that child something else? Mm-hmm. And then my daddy started changing his, his language. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't refer to me as male or female in public. He refers to me, that's my child. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's his comfortable zone, right? Mm-hmm. He's older, and that's his comfort zone. I'm like, okay, that's he doesn't misgender me. Right. He doesn't go out the way with mm-hmm. folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, only time that you see and my daddy... It's not a distancing. No. It's a, like, full connection. There. Right. Yeah. But in recent past years, he has been changing... This is my daughter. Oh wow! Like it, my my father was the one when I remember my father was I was twelve years old and we went to Ryan's. Uh, it was an all you can eat buffet, and we was on the other side of the restaurant, mm-hmm. and uh, these gay males came in, all black gay males, flamboyant. Some of them weren't, some of them was, and my daddy was the homophobic type. He'd get sick. Mm-hmm. He wanted to throw up. He ran outside to throw up because they were in the space. From taking, I will say, all you can eat buffets can do that. For you. <laughs> <laughs> it can, um, but it took. Wait, you had a very small window to get a joke in there. You found it <laughs> after ninety episodes. That was a, that was a man. You had very room, very little room for error. You, you slid right in there. Kudos. <laughs> so he went outside and threw up, and it was like from taking him from that point yeah. to he would like whoop or fight anyone. Um, that was not normal to his standpoint mm-hmm. to someone that he will allow gay people, trans people come in his house yeah. to live, to eat, to feed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm proud of my parents from not, not understanding what decolonization looks like, but learning that without living having yeah. the language, yeah. right? Yeah. From working class people like, you know what, fucking let them live. Like, yeah. why are you worried about yeah. them? Yeah. Um, have your bills been paid? Mm-hmm. So you you worried about them, but your light bill ain't been paid. <laughs> why are you worried about them? That's what the the motion that I'm proud of my parents yeah. about. So, so this it's, it's so powerful and there's so many like political things we could take out of out of your story. Mm-hmm. Uh but I wanna I wanna rest on the healing aspect mm-hmm. of that dynamic. Um, and this is why, as intersectionality has been like a, a, a theme throughout our show, mm-hmm. check out the Miriam Kaba episode, check out last week's episode with, with AJ Christian, um, for those who want some more context. Um, as I'm learning, it's, it is not only about how multiple identities inhabit an individual or a body, but it's about the structural formations that come from these systems, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so, just another example, right? Like, the best example I heard around abolition, what abolition looks like came from black disabled communities, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so as I'm hearing that story of, of coming from like life or death, physical conflict mm-hmm. to, to, to love, what, what did that healing feel like? How did that work for you? What were some of the steps that have, that, that have like opened up your eyes about how to heal harm, how to heal division? Because that is, be, that is beyond almost any other story that I've heard in terms of... See, healing looks different for everybody, right? But how did it look for you? For me, it was ug- arg- ugly, crying, the snot coming out your nose. Like, bitch, fuck you. <laughs> you ain't shit. Your daddy ain't shit. You ain't never gonna be shit kind of motion. And you think that was necessary? That was necessary because yeah. that was the language for my folks. That was the language in my house. Um... We will fight. We will fist fight. We will put hands on each other. But we knew... I grew up in houses, as most black families are. What happens in your house stays in your house. You ain't got nobody else but your family, right? Uh, And I grew up with them standpoints. 
if it's no one else, I can call my sisters and I can call my parents. And I know they're always going to be there. Regardless if we don't like each other, regardless if we call the police on each other, we need to be there for each other. And um, that's the way we move. Like what I said earlier, we, we'll argue, fuss, and fight for five minutes later. We all, all hugging up on each other because I know you're my sister. You know, you're my parents. Mm-hmm. You're not going nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so we need to heal that. Uh, over time, for me, it became, you know, how people say they got knots in their shoulders and this mm-hmm. and that and other. In the last few years, I felt that weight come off of me. I felt like I can move a little quicker. I can speak a little faster. Um, I can go into space and say, you know, kiss my ass. I really don't need y'all because I got folks that's actually behind me. Right. That's that anchor that I'm talking about. Um, So that's that's how the healing came about for us. Yeah. So the power of having, you said, kind of that familial anchor and then kind of taking that toward an organizing context. You know, that's the whole idea of not just having like an audience, but a base. Right. Mm -hmm. So that you're not walking into that room alone kind of in the formal organizing stuff you've been doing, how has that uh, healing and transformational process with your family informed the way you try to bring other people into the movement? I'm rude. <laughs> I'm a rude son of a gun. I'm rude. I am. That's fantastic. Are you aware of it in real time? I am aware of it in real time. I am a very rude person. And that's an intentional choice? And that's an intentional choice because I'm going to be my authentic self and I'm going to show you what you need to be seen. Like, I'm, when I walk in a room, it's a mirror with me. Um, what everyone else around you is not going to tell you, I'm going to tell you you got spinach in your teeth. I'm going to tell you well, you got I don't, I don't feel like roots. Hold on. Okay, all right. <laughs> you got lipstick on your teeth. I heard that you were sleeping with 20 bitches down the street. Um, I heard this, that, and the other, that you treated my homegirl down the street wrong. I heard that you hit my homegirl, a trans woman, that da 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 These are things that I'm going to actually pull up in the book. Like, we need if you want to build with me, we need to go through this shit first. That we need to like go through your own anti, anti-blackness, your own capitalism before we do anything. Before you try to even talk to me, we need to go... Yeah. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Yeah. Before anything else, like yeah. we need to talk about your like, fuck up. That don't feel like rude to me. It depends on the space. Are, you, are you petty with it though? I can be petty okay. with it. <laughs> I can be very petty, and it this. depends. I am a petty abolitionist. <laughs> so I, I, I might challenge you on your pettiness, I, uh, but that accountability is ill. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And it depends on, like, where. Like, if you pull me in a room of 20 people, I'm still going to ask you these questions. Mm-hmm. That's the rudeness that comes in me. Okay. Like, yeah. so what's goody? I heard five of these hoes that you in the this room. You do, you've been messing. They don't even know about each other. What's going on? <laughs> That's the, Okay, so that, that you could be messing with Right. I, <laughs> I, like, I know me. Like, just don't. That sounds like a really fun conference. <laughs> <laughs> and my check-in is <laughs> I heard <laughs> uh, we're gonna do an exercise you're gonna stand over there and all of the people in here that you're fucking are gonna stand over there <laughs> we're gonna do a room thermometer <laughs> and it, it allows me to have a base with you if you're gonna be honest if you're mm-hmm. going to be straightforward with me or if you're gonna lie and if you're gonna lie about it I really can't really mess with you on that particular right, so level. this is this is I think not the challenge, but I could imagine because, you know, it just takes a lot for everyone to be able to work through the one, two, three, four, five. And it requires so much both physical and emotional labor from mm-hmm. 
from you to but you asked yeah. you asked me to do this every day right, right. you asked me to come into these particular spaces to relive my right. trauma every day right. and you get mad at trans people that refuse to come in these spaces yeah. to revisit these traumas so what i'm going to do if i have to revisit my traumas you're going to bring up your traumas right. and your fuck upness like yeah. that's the base balance for me yeah no one gets to be the audience no, no one gets to sit there and and remain removed i feel like uh probably liberal liberal white people don't like this very much not at all (laughs) they don't like me at all (laughs) they don't like me at all (laughs) not at all and they get mad like okay you have me on the panel but where's my coinage right Mm -hmm. i got a light bill water bill that needs to be paid well that's actually something that just from hearing you talk about you mentioned it today and like reading some of the stuff around the the collective work that you do centering like the economics as a huge part of like if we're talking about that you know there's the 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 full goal liberatory world and then there's like in this if if you are supposedly contributing like we have to center economic the ways that economic violence is keeping people from being able to live so can you just talk a little bit about like how that um like how that plays out in the way that you're trying to build so i work in my full blackness I walk outside and I'm black as hell. Um, and what I mean, by, <laughs> and what Shout I mean by that is like, if I know you work for a structure or a system or anything like this to have any kind of coin behind it, I'm going to ask for a coin. And if you deny me of that coin, not only will I blast you out through via media or through via email and make sure that everyone is BCC'd in this email. Uh, Thank I'm, you for BCCing. <laughs> The worst thing is a full CC. (laughs) Um, Not only would that happen, I will make sure that people will not come back to you. Um, I I need to make sure that your baseline is actually disrupted um, because that you only denied a black trans woman out here um, right to what she deserves and what she's asking for, you also using your privilege to counteract what I need and what we're trying to talk about, right? right. And I know the way I move for black liberation is when a black person asks me to do something, I'm going to do it. Like, how can I actually help you? And my partner went to something called Timeshare, right? Um, they did this... Um, this week, I can't remember on the table conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and if, to, I've heard like a bunch. Of I went to the Sherman Park on the table over in New City, back of the yards, Inglewood. How Shout was it? Out. Was it cool? It was a cop there, and they got on some cop ass shit at the end, and oh. I got kind of pressed. But it was the 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 the, the, the formation of it was cool. the structure. Yeah, was it, cool. was, it was it was elders from the community. Yeah, and about the, the one that he went to was out east. Excuse me, was out east and. Um, it was they was talking about timeshare. If you don't have the money, let me borrow two hours of your time, right? So, okay, how can I bring that into my reality? How can I maneuver in that? Like, okay, you can't pay me, but I can give you this. So let me have your help to do this for three or four hours. And you can at least do that because most niggas I know are either sleeping in the bed, playing their PS4. You can send a text message or a tweet out within the next four hours, right? So t- timeshare with me so it's bringing these new things up to disrupt capitalism and also imperialism it's just it's it's a beautiful thing seeing these things so i want to let's go to like i said we're fans of the moment but i want to let's go to one particular moment um which is maybe one of the most kind of outward facing things that i've seen you you bring together which was the the action on march 3rd Mm -hmm. um which 
just seemed like a beautiful thing. Do you want to just give a little bit of a rundown of what that was and maybe what a couple of the surprises were that came from that? Okay. Um, and if you're tired of talking about it, we don't No, I'm fine with talking about it. Um, I am a one of the members of BTGNC Collective, and also I'm a member of, if BTGNC is Black Transgender Not Conforming. <laughs> man, you beat him to the fight. <laughs> <laughs> that out for him. Collective, and I'm also a part of the Trans Liberation Collective, Black Trans um, Gender Not Conforming Collective, BTGNC, um, centers, and it's only for Black Trans and Gender Not Conforming people and questioning people that are trying to question their own identities. Um, they don't we don't work with cis folks. We don't work with white folks. We keep it towards black and trans and not conforming people. Is this a Chicago formation? Or yes, is it okay. it's a Chicago formation. Also, Trans Liberation Collective is a Trans Liberation Collective is centering trans people, but work with cis folks. Trans people means all identities of transness, mm-hmm. meaning cis folks, all identities of cisness. But we center trans and not conforming voices, period. Um in March the 3rd, um, as one of the um, organizers for it, we had the largest march in Midwest history of over 2,000 people that came down and shut down Chicago downtown for trans and not conforming people. Yeah. And that was amazing. Mm-hmm. I've never seen this many people ever show up mm-hmm. for trans and not conforming people. Um, it, we organized that within Two and a half weeks. Mm. Shit. <laughs> um, it was tiring. It yeah, was that's a lot of meetings. E- emails. It oh. was media. It was meetings after meetings and making sure that people are going to show up, making sure people are um, getting their trainings that they need. Um, the most beautiful thing that came out of it is I am the first black trans woman um, in the state of Illinois that has been honored with Women's History of the Year mm. in the state of Illinois history. So I made history in my own city. Shout own, out. That's own, beautiful. State, Super yeah. shout out. Um, so just because I, I, it feels good to open these doors that I know that someone will follow behind me and take this. Mm. And I don't want to be the person that's always at that door. I'm a, like, I t- keep telling these meetings that you might not see me next meeting because you're going to see another trans woman. And if, if they can't come, you might not even see me at that meeting if another trans person can't come at all because you're not doing your research or your work that you need to be doing yeah. to reach out to the trans community, right? Which is a great way to resist tokenization, which we were talking about a little bit before the show starts and how that is this, that is this tension in, in so many spaces for you right now. And I didn't mean to disrupt what you just said. That's saying, fine. I want to, I'm curious, like, since you mentioned it before we went on, like what what does that look like for you in the last couple of weeks or or recently, and how are you feeling? It's been rough. I'm I'm tired. Um, I'm I'm getting a little exhausted because I know I'm one of the only few trans women that have not, especially POC, that has the education mm-hmm. and also the knowledge and the looks of what tokenization looks like, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I refuse it. And what they would do is try to find another trans woman that don't have this information and use them till they're used up, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they get you get they get mad at trans people to be like, no, I'm not going, I'm tokenized of this and other because this is what you've been doing. Um, so yeah, and, and I make that known in every space that I'm in. You might not see me in next meeting. And you might not see me in the meeting after. Because if you haven't seen me in the meeting after, that means not only did you not reach out to the other trans community, you ain't been doing your organizing work that you're supposed right. to be doing. And talk about diversity and inclusion mm-hmm. and all them 
blah 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 words. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. How about just? I don't think we've ever really talked. And I, you know, you've had your own. You've been invited to a lot of rooms, and mm-hmm. how do you how do you think about that stuff? I don't know. I mean, I'm not that popping, <laughs> <laughs> so it's not overwhelming. But I mean, it is it is an overall tension that is historical that yeah. I, I wrestle with of where I situate of trying to transform and trying to show up wherever somebody's trying to have yes. this conversation because this convers- these conversations mean so much to me. But then you look up and it feels like you're educating a lot of white people, a lot of people with privilege, or it's like, let me give you in an hour the 17 books I've read over two or three years, right? That like, that took a lot of time. So, so it's a give and take. Cause also, you know, wanting to liberate those resources, right? So wanting to go and, and let's get that check and put it in a, in a space. Let's get that check and, and survive. And it's, I'm starting to notice, like, I need to carry a basket with me every yeah. once in a while. Like not every <laughs> once in a while, everywhere. Yeah. That's like, really And I was taught by my, my good, good girlfriend, Alok, um, with dark matter. Um, Every spell, every space you step in that got more than five white folks, you need to have a basket with you. <laughs> and, and take donations, take yeah. take take oh, reparations when you step in these spaces. And I'm starting to do that. I'm like, yeah, like I'm ready. Like I know at least somebody in here got more than a thousand dollars in their bank account, and they need to liberate that. <laughs> Go ahead and put in my account so I can get other trans people liberated and get their bills paid. Right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I just it's it's hard. It's hard because I put the work in to read these books, mm-hmm. um, to um, to uh, break down the words in these books, and you want me to give you the language. I am not here to liberate another caveman. I'm not here to give you the knowledge and feed you like my ancestors have already done. No, but the chat, the challenge, and I, I, I want to know where you sit with this. What I think of is that. It's also important harm reduction work, right? Because we can't just let them keep thinking they know, right? We can't just let them run out like and not have these conversations. Right. And that's, that's it's, hard. You know, so, so yeah. Is there, do you have any type of answer for that? Because I saw, and you don't <sighs> have to, right? It's just it's, a central tension. I say like, people look at my Facebook. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, just follow me on Facebook and you might get a good status here and there or you might get a status that says fuck you but it's still a status um, that gives you a check <laughs> on your reality um, but don't ask me to go anywhere unless you are feeding me, clothing me or doing any of these things that I need to survive in these streets. Unless we have a real relationship. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and and I think just to kind of go back to your story, this is just something that I've. It's taking a little different direction, but I think it connects. You know, you mentioned before you came back to Chicago. First of all, how many years have you been back in the city? Three, three. So before you were doing a whole bunch of this organizing work in Tennessee, and were you in Nashville for that? I'm just curious what I'm getting at. I was doing a lot of southern organizing. Right. It's hard harder in the South yeah. because you're dealing with not only Bible states, you're dealing with white old people that refuse to move on anything. Yeah. Um, and you're also dealing with black people that is still, I don't know. Internalizing. <laughs> just Internalizing their chains <laughs> and the books that keep their chains. Um and it, it's a it's harder, and I've noticed moving back to the Midwest. It's just like okay, I can actually maneuver. Well, let's say Chicago, maybe not the whole Midwest. <laughs> I actually I can say the Midwest. Midwest I can have okay. a I have a actually uh, like external mm-hmm. like 
beehive okay. that's like pulling together. Oh, okay, and I'm 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 working how the networks actually work, and it's 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 unique. Like there's spots in Illinois, like I will say over twenty spots in Illinois that actually reach out to Brave Space Alliance or wow. Trans Liberation wow. Collective or BTGNC Collective, and like okay, what can we do? How can we get to you or you get to us or how can we make sure that we fuck it up down here too, just mm-hmm. like y'all did it up there? So it's, it's just like look at me and my Chicago elitism. Yeah, look at you and your Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out the rest of Illinois. Blue. First, so that's not doing the work. <laughs> so it's like it's not just like okay we know our Chicagoans are doing a lot of work here but what are we trying to do to not only just clean our house mm-hmm. but also make sure our yard is clean right because mm. if our yard's not clean and that's the inside of the house right. then, right. exactly like it's just I mean like, and, and like to take it out of metaphor right like that's how we have Bruce Rauner's of the world right exactly and, so, and you forgetting about connected. the people that are actually out there yeah. um, and, and so I wondered going back to the work you were doing in the south whether kind of understanding that rural organizing a little bit more or that outside of the i'm urban, not gonna do it right i will use a white person and claw surge yeah. and all them in a heartbeat because that's what you're there for <laughs> um you're there i'm i'm just gonna be real you're there to be the pit bull while i actually need to sit there and have the conversation right. um so i need to keep them at bay yeah. um and have that the wording and everything that needs to be said because that's what you're there for if you actually talk about what liberation use your privilege use your whiteness to stop these people um i'm not gonna do that role no hell no (laughs) there's still sunset cities out there i don't have time (laughs) for for those who don't know can you just describe i think that's just a powerful phrase what would you can you define what a sunset city is sunset city is my mother oh you remember most people would remember when the parents said don't catch don't let the uh the uh uh street like catch you right. on on the backside because yeah. I'm gonna catch you on the backside, yeah, right? So town. right, like you need to be out of the city or in a house or hotel room when the sun sets, yeah. and that is crazy that we still have cities yeah. like that. And in Tennessee, there's more than a few. Yeah. I've had one per. I had when I was traveling back and forth to Atlanta. I did a lot of shopping in Atlanta, Nashville. <laughs> it was only like three hours away, <laughs> so I had a, I had to stop at gas stations. And I remember my father telling me never stop. Between um, Chattanooga, no, between Nashville and Chattanooga, never stop, never get off the road, never get off the highway um, outside of Murfreesboro. Well, Murfreesboro and Chattanooga. But I stopped. I was less than a quarter of a tank gas. I didn't want to take the chance. I was driving at nighttime. So I handed the lady with my um my card. She said, let me see your ID. So I handed the ID. And this is right before I got my gender marker changed. And loudly and bluntly, she said, this thing is in this, what's the name? And I have to pay and touch this card. Like, really roughly. Like, you've lost your mind. I am Wait, an say, ed- say that again? Like, oh, this oh, thing is in here trying to get gas. Oh, they don't even man. look human. Like, wow. she was going in. And I'm like, thinking to myself, okay, this is a white woman. I'm in Tennessee. I'm in a Sunset City. If I snatched her edges in this place, mm-hmm. not only will I be put up under jail, no one will ever see me again, right? Um, So I was just like, as I was pumping the gas, so I did a slick move. So I pumped my gas after she slid my car back. She kind of did this and like slid my car back to me. Flicked it right across so she didn't want to hand it to me. Um, I filled my tank up, pulled out. I went in to pay for a snack or two. I said, and I cussed out, 
made her cry. And and I, that's like a get back. Like, bitch, you don't know me. Yeah, you use uh, the uh, the white tears to power your engine. Exactly. <laughs> so it's just like, <laughs> I, you know, it's like, you don't know me. And like, literally, I came from the hood before I was educated. Like, I, I went in for 2.5 seconds, got in my car and zoomed on out. Yeah. Um, because you're not going to catch me in these streets. <laughs> that, until I get home uh, in Nashville. Um, and Nashville and Memphis are the only blue cities throughout Tennessee. Yeah. I mean, blue blue yeah. everything else is red yeah. so you can imagine like yeah let me hurry up and get back to Tennessee yeah. um kind of motion so I mean back to Nashville so is this it was rough it was rough so jump into something that you kind of used as a metaphor but I think we should ground it in the literal you <laughs> talked about this beehive out here <laughs> and uh I seem to believe and have come across some information that you have some bees to this is I the coolest do. thing in the world to me tell me tell me about your bees i am a nature person uh, i love insects um my partner actually loves planting like plants i don't like plants i uh, i don't have a green finger every time i try to grow something it dies so oh. i'm just like over it um, but, but if if your partner does the plants and you have the bees yeah. the bees can pollinate the plants it's a exactly. good partnership and it was a good thing like we, we was laughing about like how the hell did this happen <laughs> <laughs> but i do have Super like cute. a couple of beehives and i am uh, pushing uh beehive business and trying to grow honey but i like making sure it moves slow yeah. uh so it doesn't grow too fast um but yeah i i like yeah. and, and i step in these hives without a net mm. and because i feel safe yeah um but most people that, will that go, sounds like a poem yeah most people will come in and see like me playing with the bees with no net or nothing on. And they're like, you're crazy. You're crazy. I'm like, but you won't come near me, right? You won't come near me. I'm safe, but you won't come near me. Uh, So now what's good? (laughs) So I can talk all this shit, right? I'm comfortable. It's come come back to the petty. (laughs) Come back to the minute. Your petty sanctuary. You have your honeybee hitters with you. Right. So yeah, I've been doing that for the past uh, year and a half. Uh, I've always wanted to do it. So it's, I'm able to do it now. What is it about other? It, is there something in addition to that that like that protection that that is so appealing? Like, what is it about the bees in particular that speaks to you? Because it's it is this incredible metaphor, right? The way that they call it's like a they true work collective. the way they work together, yeah. um, and they the it's just the way they work together. Me looking at the way how um, they clean the hives, the way they protect each other the way as well as they actually work in in sync with each other. I've learned so much from that Mm. and how I organize and how I make sure Mm. that um, we are all on the same roadmap, the same plan, the same conversation. And it irritates me when we don't have conversation and we don't have that communication because if one person's off the communication, there's a whole line of people that's going to be off the communication um, list, right? So it's just like, okay, how can I be that beacon like the queen bee is? That everyone's on the same path. Um, And I use my body for that. And I was like, okay, we don't need to be doing this. So I have this particular person doing this, this particular person doing this, this particular doing this, and they all connect with me so we can have that correct English and that correct language. It's kind of the perfect metaphor for organizing because, or in many ways. So one of the things that I do is I work with an organization or a group called If Not Now, which is Young Jew. We talk about it every once in a while up here. And that's kind of the chief metaphor for that. Our national structure is each city doesn't have a group or a chapter. It has a hive. And kind of the thing about that that I like most... You cut yourself off on saying what If Now... Oh, If Not Now is a group of young American Jews um, 
or it's youth uh, led um, trying to shift American support away from the occupation in Israel-Palestine. So if you're curious about that, you can always tweet at us or just look up If Not Now. We have a very strong Chicago chapter. We're doing all kinds of stuff. Um, several of our members are in uh, the West Bank right now doing some really cool work. So you can find out more. Uh, just look on Twitter, If Not Now. Um, but the thing that I like best about this analogy is when a part of a beehive breaks off, um, all of the bees swarm to the need. They drop whatever they're doing and they swarm. So that's that's something that we take with us is it's not about who has what role and what position in, in a hierarchy, but it's when there's that need, how can we collectively swarm to repair that harm? But they also know when the queen needs to be replaced too, mm-hmm. right? And the queen is okay with being replaced. Wow. But also I thought if a queen like leaves or is like missing. It takes a sector. They like it don't all take go- a whole. Oh, okay. It takes a sector of the hive with it. Mm. The other hive will stay behind to create a new queen for the hive to keep wow. it going. So what it is with <laughs> me is like Shout I'm not out I don't, to nature. Right? Right. <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna be here forever. I don't want to be the face forever. Mm. I want to live. I want to have a life. At the age of 35, I'm swear I'm gonna quit everything. And if I have to, I will get a job, a nine to five, and say fuck bees. everything <laughs> and be like, you know what, this is my life now. And I don't want to because I don't want to be my older generation that is so toxic because mm-hmm. they have to do this work and continue to do this work. Mm-hmm. That's just not my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to have one. Um, so, yeah, I'm like, okay, this bitch got to go. I got to go. Uh, sting me, stab me, do what you got to do. As the age of 35, I'm done. Because when the queen lays the, starts laying least eggs, less eggs, the hive starts to know that the queen is actually doing her work. Mm-hmm. And they start to think of okay, we need to replace her. Right. We need to go ahead and start a new one. And the queen knows this. That's when she leaves the hive and takes a sector of the hive with her to keep her surviving until she dies. Wow. No, that's amazing. And it's this like I'm just thinking about how powerful that is in contrast to like a cult of personality organizing, where like it's all about keeping that one person or that one queen bee propped up as long as possible so that the whole thing it's like no this is about more than supporting the queen it's about keeping the the hive alive and exactly and it's okay to keep their language going it's okay to keep their language Mm -hmm. going but their face does not always need to be the face and when I when I come into certain spaces like okay yes they're my elder Mm -hmm. but why aren't they home? Why why haven't they passed their totem down? Yeah. Why haven't they given the English their their what they've their knowledge? Right. And they're supposed to give their yeah. knowledge to the next person. Right. So they can pass that knowledge to the next person. Right. Yeah. And if you don't, that's a problem. Yeah. Because once your head gets cut off, that that whole library that you had is gone. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful because it also um kind of breaks that something I've been more critical of and sometimes trying to uphold it, the like myth of like horizontal spaces of like leaderlessness of there is going to be a stepping up. There is going to be um, some dominance or, or some predominance in spaces, but it's about how we do it in a way that is like symbiotic and regenerative. And, fluid. Right? and like, it's and supposed to flow down yeah. um, and it's supposed to pass on to the next person. But then you get these people that, don't want to. That don't. Yeah. That, that that my word is God, right? It's ego, right? Yeah. Right. And, and people don't want to see that. Right. Um, I'm yeah. going to say a few names, but I don't know them. Um, and Angelica Davis or um, all these elders that we know that works in Brenda. Um, um, Ashada uh, um, <laughs> Shakur. Um, but 
who is the person that's going to take their place, mm-hmm. right? right? We keep going to their books and we keep getting that knowledge, but who are they mentoring right. to pass that knowledge and that their library that they know? So, well, sometimes about breaking that idea of there needing to be a next in that, like lineage doesn't mean that, that someone has to take that seat. You don't, I, I think this is- I mean, it's not taking a seat, it's just taking their knowledge, right? right? right. Um, Legacy. Yeah, like my grandmother, she has, as I look at elders, they're a complete library. Mm-hmm. How can I take your library, add it to my library, and when I pass, my child will have both libraries, right? Mm-hmm. And plus, I, plus and I keep that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it, it changes every generation. And we have to be okay with that change. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a problem that most people are not okay with that change. Um with me. So, yeah, that's... So, we, we, we winded down. There were so many other things that I was trying to trying to get to, but but this is how life is, right? Like, mm-hmm. dialogue is real. It's art. Um, but as we're where we are right now, we like to be real intentional about tracing lineage. Right. Um, and so, it might not have been somebody, like, in physical space. Somebody might not have, like, literally gave you a right. library. So, it might have been through reading. It might have right. been through video. It might have been through legacy right but when you trace your lineage of the work that you're doing and what you're continuing who are some of those people whether it's personal relationships we would never know yes or you know somebody who's more historicized um it is kyla brodis lords ashley hunter um civil rivera um marsha p johnson it's all these people that i've learned so much with octavia lewis that lives in new york um all these beautiful, intelligent people that I've taken information and learned from and tweaked it to my own mm-hmm. and made it into my own. And that's what we're supposed to do. That's only a few off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. And I've learned from younger crowds, younger trans generations like um, Jim. Um, they live in Florida. They're, they're 25 and already a doctor. Mm. Wow. So yes, so I'm just like, <laughs> I'm, I'm about to be 25. I don't even go to the doctor. <laughs> so shout out to them. <laughs> so yeah, that's only a few. And also, you know, I learned from music too. Um, like we was talking about earlier, Phyllis Hyman. Like most people would say they connect with Nina Simone and her words to me. Phyllis Hyman was everything. I started on the podcast. Yeah, it's going to be, we're going to have that as the outro on the podcast. (laughs) But Phyllis Hyman was, is, and still is, like, everything. She went, the the, the person that she went through, the the love losses she went through, the only one that actually was thriving in her family. It was just her whole, like, okay. And you said the way that she also, like, created economic opportunity for folks. She did. She, She used her money to create restaurants around I can't remember it, I think it was in New York and California that was led by and for black trans I mean not black trans but black and brown folks so we'll definitely throw that on the podcast so just first off thank you so much Appreciate for being this. here and sharing your thoughts so much love. Thank, you. thank you any last plugs shout outs where, where can, can they, they find, find you platforms? I mean they can find me on Facebook Lasaya Wade um, also they can uh, add BTGNC collective trans liberation collective and also follow Brave Space Alliance we have a big thing that's happening uh, we're bringing back the trans speech party which would be more inclusive and we're actually doing two this year um, and I also want to say we're still continuing to bond out trans people mm. shout out that's, beautiful that's so love. definitely follow them you can follow us at ergo radio 
You're also um, Ergo Daniel. Ergo get, get Daniel out that on Twitter. Enjoy. I gotta get those numbers up. Thank you for the <laughs> Damon idea. underscore AF. Yeah, I feel like you're doing. Pro- you're doing. You're. You've lapped me like twelve times. <laughs> but that's fine. It's not about it's the not numbers. It's not a competition. It's about the conversation. Here Ergo Radio. Radio everywhere. That is us. <laughs> we'll be back next week with another strong young voice from Chicago and beyond. Much love to the people. Peace. I believed in you. I thought you could do no wrong until I saw one day that you was dreaming me along. Lay before a fool. You used me once too much. I'm in so much pain. Here I am. Ha!